right, good morning, Kensington. What a way to start off the day. So excited to have you guys with us. My name is Clint. I am the pastor of Family Ministries here at Kensington. Excited to be with you this morning. Hey, if this is your first Sunday morning with us, welcome. Thank you for joining us. If you're joining us online for the first time, thank you so much and welcome. Um, we have, want to get connected with you. If this is your first time here, we want to get connected with you and let you know everything that we have going on and, and different ways that you can kind of jump into the church. And we have a really simple way for you to do that. If you want to get connected, and jump in and figure out what's going on here. We want you to text the word NEW to 407-278-7291. Yes, I did it. I did it from memory. Um, just text the word NEW. You can get out your phone right now, right where you're at. If you're in service, we'll allow it. If you're at home, I can't see you anyway, so do what you want. Um, but we want you to text that word NEW to 407-278-7291 to get connected with us and figure out what we got going on here at the church. One of those things is we are right around the corner from Thanksgiving. It's crazy. It seems like the end of the year has been on like two times fast. Um, it's just been coming up at a rapid pace. And one of the things we do here at Kensington every year is um, we as a church uh, partner with the city of Winter Garden and we help provide meals for families in need at Thanksgiving. And the way we do that is actually through the generosity of you guys. We have these packets with specific families on them. And inside is everything that you might need to, everything that you'll need to buy and directions and everything. And each year we have people and we actually go and drop these baskets off at people's houses and create relationships and love on people in a real tangible way. Um, and we have just a few left. You guys have been so amazing. A bunch of people have picked them up already. We uh, took 30 families this, this year, and I think we, there was only four packets out there when I picked one up. So this is what they look like. They're on your way out. If you're online and you want to join us in this as well, um, you can text the word baskets to that same number, 407-278-7291, um, and let us know that you want to do that, and we'll, we'll grab one of these for you. Um, if, if you're like, oh, man, I was too slow. I didn't grab a packet, but I still really want to help. Um, as a staff, um, we are going to be packing 20 baskets this Wednesday, actually, for uh, families that are of students that are connected to Dillard Street Elementary. And obviously, they can't give us any kids' information, like where they live and stuff. Um, but they know who's in need, and they told us they have 20, 20 families there. And so we're going to pack baskets for them, and they're actually going to pick them up and take them to the school and give them to those specific kids that they know are in need. And so if you want to partner in that, with us, um, what we're doing, because we can't put perishable goods in the baskets, um, we're going to put a gift card to Publix or Aldi for the families in those baskets. So if you want to donate to that, you can get a gift card or you can um, give that money to the church and we'll get the gift card for you. However you want to partner with us, we have plenty of ways to do that. So we're really excited. I love being able to provide a Thanksgiving meal at Thanksgiving time because it's my favorite holiday of the year. So to be able to help another family with that is really, really awesome. So speaking of families and family ministry, um, our, our church, we have a group of uh, moms of teens who have started this group that I think is really, really important um, because if you're a mom of a teenager, there's one thing you know, and that's that teenagers are difficult. Um, they, are, they can be confusing and hard to handle, and there's all kinds of pitfalls and traps that come with parenting teenagers. And so we have a group called Moms of Teens that is meeting on Thursdays at our 246 facility, which is our office building in Winter Garden right behind Four Rivers. Um, and they meet there on Thursdays from 6 to 7.30 as support, as a place to talk and, and be heard and to be able to vent a little bit and also to learn and to encourage and lift each other up and, and um, figure out how to do this thing the best that we can. Um, and they talk about all, they're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, this week they're going to be diving into social media and how do, we, how do we approach social media with our teenagers. So if you're a mom of a teen or you know other moms of teens, this, is, this group is totally open to anybody that wants to come. We encourage you guys to come out Thursday for that from 6 to 7.30 at our 246 facility. And uh, as, as we continue on, I just want to thank you guys. I love being part of such a generous church. Um, this church is, in, is consistently amazes me at the generosity, the people who consistently give over and above. It, it's amazing what we're able to do um, with, you know, the Thanksgiving baskets to just the many different ministries that we have and the ways that we engage with the community. And we do that because of your generosity. And so I just wanted to thank you for that. 
and let you know. Um, if you want to give, there's three ways that we can do that. Um, we have an easy way is our website online, um, kensingtonorlando.org slash giving. You can give online or you can do it through the MyWell giving app. Um, we have an app that makes it super easy. You can do it through there. Or if you want to do it in person, we have a couple baskets at the door that you can just drop um, your offering in as you leave. So, um, that way you, you don't have to pass it to anybody or anything like that. Um, and then one last thing before we move on. Um, we have so many ways, so many things going on at this church. So if you want to connect with us, it's as simple as texting 407-278-7291. That is our number. Everything kind of goes through that. So if you're looking to get connected with different groups or a men's and women's ministry or you want to volunteer and serve or um, you know somebody that needs help or you need help, you can text that number. Or you can text CARE to that. We have so many things going on. That That's kind of our main thoroughfare there. So this is week three of Battle Ready. Um, you can see this cool armor next to me. That's kind of pretty awesome. I look better in it than it's sitting on a mannequin, but I can't wear it every week. I just can't do it. Um, so it's really heavy. Um, so we are in week three of Battle Ready, and we're really excited. Um, and this week, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the, the feet. And so this week, it's all about the shoes. So in this dream, you woke up on the morning of the New York City Marathon, and someone had stolen your shoes. It was a nightmare. But then you woke up. You ran the marathon, and you won. No. We won. Me and my vapor fly 4%. Okay, see, it's statements like that that we need to work on. At one point you said, putting them on turns me from regular Shalane to rock star Shalane. Sometimes I get scared I'm slowing them down. What's your point? I'm concerned you become obsessed with your shoes. That's ridiculous. When was the last time you took them off? Why would I take them off? I like being fast. I like running fast. I like showering fast, brushing my teeth fast, walking the dog fast, making sandwiches fast, watching movies fast, cutting carrots fast, which is really satisfying. I like fast cars, fast service, fast shipping, fast elevators. Why would I ever take them off? Wait a second. Are you trying to steal my 4%? Shalane, no. For the 23rd time, nobody's trying to take your shoes, okay? Am I early? Yes, you're early every week. We talked about this. When the door's closed, you don't walk in. Sorry, Doc. Hey, Shalane. Hey. What's up? What's up? Good to see you again. Shalane, I need you to be honest with me. Do you shower with your shoes on? How you guys doing? You good? Good. It's good to see you. You guys look great. Um, it's getting normal to see you this way, unfortunately. Um, but uh, my name is Kevin Valentine. I'm the lead pastor here. For those of you joining us online, thank you so much for spending part of your morning with us. I hope you enjoy the day as much as we will here in the room and want to just invite you when you feel safe. would love to invite you back to be with us in person because there's nothing like being in the room um, for a Sunday morning service. Um, but we have a great day planned out for you. And like the video said, it is all about the shoes today. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but I want to start by giving you the premise of this series. It's called Battle Ready. Um, and it's from Ephesians chapter 6, where the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, um, he's revealing to us a truth that we know, but we don't think about very much, a reality that we think might be out there, but we tend to forget about um, a spiritual truth 
that we need to be reminded of or we will live lives of difficulty and anger and strife between us and others and us and God and not fully know why. Why is life difficult? Why do I keep running into obstacles in my life? Well, here's what Paul is teaching us from a biblical perspective. All that you see is not all that there is. There is this physical world that we live in, that you see, you taste, you touch, you feel. And then there is an entire world that you cannot see. It's a spiritual world full of angels and demons locked in a cosmic battle for the souls of mankind. It's God and his angels versus Satan and his demons. And whether you want to be in it or not, you and I find ourselves at the center of the battle between the two opposing sides. So the Apostle Paul pulls back the veil between our world and the spiritual realm, this world that we know is there, we think is there, we sense is there, but it's hard to grab onto. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I want to say that again because this is so important that we understand this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul is stating very clearly that you and I have an enemy that is currently at this moment scheming against you. His name is Satan. He hates everything that God loves, and you need to know God loves you. Flat out, period. He loves you. Whether you're a follower of God or not, whether you have chosen to step across the line of faith or not, God loves you. He knows you, and He loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you before you ever even knew who He was. God had already done that, sent His Son to die on the cross to pay for your sin. And so Paul just continues to remind us that you have an unseen enemy who wants to destroy you, drag you down, get you off track, fill you with doubt about God, fill you with deep questions about your life, get you to think that everything you need, want, and desire on a soul level can be found on this earth. His plan for your family is dysfunction. His plan for your marriage is divorce. For your relationships, it is deep hurt and isolation. His plan for your connection to God is distance. His plan for your mental health is depression and despair. His plan for your pursuit of God is flat-out distraction. His plan for your worship is that you would worship Him and not God, the God that created you. Satan is very real. He is patient. He is relentless. He is formidable. He is cunning. He is deceitful. He has a very well-thought-out plan for your life. And you might be thinking, well, that sounds depressing. And I will just answer with this. It is absolutely depressing unless you know Jesus, unless you know Jesus. Because Jesus says in John 10, 10, he says, you know, the thief, it's one of the names for Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come. I have come to this planet so that they, you and I, may have life and have it to the full. To which I just say, thank God for Jesus He left the beauty and the power and the majesty of sitting at the right hand of the Father and came to this dark, sinful, dirty planet to be hung on a cross by His own creation to pay for our sin so that you and I can live the kind of life that we all dream of living, a full life, not just a good life, a full life, full of joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness, all the stuff that we all long for. Jesus says, I came to give you that. Now, is Satan behind every bad thing that happens in your life? Like, is it like, man, I got all red lights on the way home? Satan. Is that it? Man, I got a flat tire this morning? Satan. Man, my burger showed up from BurgerFi cold? Satan. Like, is that it? No, that like, I don't go that far. But the reality is Satan is very real, constantly scheming, strategizing, planning against you. That's why days like this are so important. Once a year, once every 18 months. I want to talk about this because our tendency is to look at the struggle in our life. And just hear me, we all struggle, right? 
You can do this. I want you to turn to the person next to you, even if they're far away, and just say, I struggle. Okay, go ahead and say that to the person next to you. I struggle. Every one of us struggles. Our tendency is, in the struggles in our life, is to pin our struggle on flesh and blood. That's our tendency. It's my wife or it's my husband. You want to pin it on your kids. You want to pin it on your boss, on your institution, on the opposite political party lately. We want to pin it on the HOA that keeps sending us letters because we need to put new mulch down. We pin it on the person that keeps turning us into the HOA to put new mulch down. We put the struggles of our life on the person who is warring against us to take the promotion away from us that's rightfully ours. We pin it on our ex who keeps digging in and, uh, and on the custody battle. Our tendency is to forget that there is more going on than meets the eye. So Paul tells us to be battle ready because there's a war going on against you and against me that you can't see with your physical eyes. Paul tells us how to gear up and stand our ground spiritually. He reveals the armor of God and the weapons God gives us to stand our ground and fight back. In Ephesians 6, 13, he says, Therefore, in light of the fact that your enemy is not flesh and blood, but it's against the evil one in the heavenly realms, in light of that, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. <clears throat> then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. We talked about that last week, both of those over the last two weeks. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And as you heard earlier today, we are zeroing in on verse 15, the shoes for shoes. Verse 15, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Let me pray before we dive into the rest of the message. God, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that you do not mince words or keep hidden from us that which we can sense and feel, although we can't see it. Father, you very clearly lay out um, what is going on in the spiritual realm, and I thank you that you are honest with us about that. I thank you that you have already given to us ways to be in this battle, even though we can't see it. We can armor up, and we can fight back, and we can stand um, alongside you and actually be engaged in this war that's over uh, our souls. So God, I pray right now that against distraction, um, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, our minds, our souls to your truth, your voice, your heart, and I pray that you would share with us your truth in a new and fresh way today um, so we can walk out of here um, ready to step into this battle that's already going on. In your holy name, amen. So when Paul uh, wrote this, it was in a time when uh, there were Roman soldiers constantly uh, present throughout first century Israel. And so, you know, when we think about Roman soldiers, um, we are rarely ever thinking about the shoes. We, when we think of Roman soldiers, we're like going, man, this is cool. This body armor is so cool. I, mean, I bet you could take a blow and it wouldn't hurt. We talk about, we think about the helmet with this cool red thing on it, you know, like that thing is awesome in the cape. We think about all this stuff. We think about the sword over here that we can just slash away and hack away at things. We think about the shield, but rarely do we think about a soldier's feet. Why? Because they're nasty, right? They got to be disgusting, but that's okay. Um, Paul talks about um, the, the feet and how important it was for a Roman soldier to have shoes that gave him firm footing. And what you find when you look at archaeology and you study from what scholars say, um, oftentimes the Roman soldiers would take their shoes and they would press nails through them in between layers so that they would actually have grip. They wouldn't be able to get pushed back. Um, they didn't have paved roads everywhere. The ground was hard. It's not like the paved roads we have now. You can walk barefoot quite a ways on the roads we have now. But back then, you couldn't. Israel is a harsh environment. It's hard in the rainy season. It is muddy. So soldiers needed grip to hold their ground. A soldier in those days couldn't even go out for battle without shoes on, good shoes. And so Paul says, hey, if you're going to be in this war, if you're going to fight in this battle, you need to stand your ground and not give up ground to the enemy. So be fully prepared for the battle with shoes fitted with the peace that comes from the gospel, which is the good news, the story of Jesus. And so I want to talk about three things today. One, where the gospel of peace comes from. 
Two, how the gospel of peace helps you stand your ground. And three, how do you put them on and use them? How do you put them on and use them? So let's start with where the gospel of peace comes from. And I'll just say this. We all want peace, don't we? We all long for a sense of calmness to our mind and to our soul. We talk about wanting peace and quiet. And I know uh, for a lot of years of our life, we wanted peace and quiet. Melissa and I have four kids. Um, We had three kids and we were done, but two things happened. One, my wife is super hot, and two, we had a wardrobe malfunction. So we had four kids. Um, There was this long season where our oldest, Garrett, who's 18 now, when he was 12 and Avery, our youngest, was about six years old, we were just a loud family. Like, you could hear us coming from a couple of blocks away. We were chaotic. We were going here to there all the time, going to youth sports and to this and to that and to school and back. And so we kind of named our family. We gave our family the name Team Chaos because that's just what we were. We couldn't keep track of them. They were coming and going so fast. We had a blast being that way. But here's the deal. If my wife and I were ever to have peace in our home, peace and quiet, it was only after 8 p.m. when the kids were in bed. That was it. We'd get about an hour and a half together of peace and quiet before my wife turned into a pumpkin. Um, And I'm telling you, every day, I loved our family. I loved how crazy our family was. I love how chaotic our family was. I love how loud our family sometimes is, oftentimes is. But man, did I look forward to 8 o'clock every day. It was like, just get to 8 (laughs) o'clock. Just get there. We can do this. Melissa, we got this because we would finally have some peace and quiet. We all long for that in our lives. We long for peace and quiet, not just externally, but deep down, we all long to be at peace internally, at peace with ourselves, at peace with other people, and at peace with God. We long for that. Well, here's what Scripture teaches us. Peace in our hearts is not a thing to achieve. It's a person to know. Peace in our hearts is not something that you can achieve and work hard and set up your whole surroundings so that you have peace every day of your life. Peace is a person to know, and that person is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's only when we truly surrender our lives to Jesus that we can experience what the Bible describes as peace that passes all understanding. Meaning this, any storm can blow through your life and you can have this peace that other people look at you and go, how are you handling this and being peaceful? How are you not freaking out? How are you not running for the hills? How are you not crumbling down into a pile of drool on the floor and have to be picked up every day? How do you have peace in the midst of this? People that know Jesus would look at you and say, oh, it's because of a person I know, and his name is Jesus. 700 years before Jesus was born in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and what's become one of the most famous passages of Scripture during the Christmas season, which we're entering into. I'm hearing Christmas music on the radio, and oh man, it's too early. I'm not ready for it. But in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, speaking of Jesus, 700 years before he showed up. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. An authentic, real relationship with Jesus Christ is the only place we can find peace that does not depend on our circumstances. He's the only answer for everlasting peace. In John 14, Jesus is actually talking to his disciples about his coming death and resurrection. And he says this in John 14, 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. He's talking about him leaving earth after the resurrection. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Wouldn't that be nice right now? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. I love that. I'm telling you, that is so important to understand. Jesus flat out says, the peace I give you, you cannot get anywhere on this earth. It's not possible. So don't be afraid or troubled. And I love how Jesus just makes this distinction, saying, you can't get peace from the people in your life. won't happen. You can't get peace from your circumstances and setting them up all perfectly so that nothing bad ever happens. You can't get peace from a number in your bank account. You can't get peace 
from anything of this world other than Jesus because the world is incapable of giving us that kind of, Jesus, uh, of peace. Jesus tells his disciples to, uh, about, um, uh, about peace as he tells them that he will be sending his Holy Spirit to them after he leaves, John 16, 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. A little more gusto here. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Why? Because in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Until you find peace in Jesus, you can't find peace in your heart. And if you don't have peace in your heart, you can't find peace with other people. You can't find peace in your workplace. You can't find peace in your relationships or in your circumstances unless you have that peace with Jesus, that peace in your heart, because He gives you peace with God. So where does the gospel of peace come from that this passage is saying you can armor up and be in the battle spiritually? Peace is a person, Jesus Christ. Now let's talk about the second thing, how the gospel of peace helps you stand your ground in this spiritual battle. Peace keeps you in the battle. Peace keeps you in the battle, keeps you from running away from the battle, keeps you from losing ground in the battle. Now, as I was thinking about this, this reminded me of a friend of mine that I have forgotten about in my life. Um, but as a friend from junior high, his name is Steve. Uh, I was in sixth grade. He was in seventh grade, and he was big. He was one of those big seventh graders, like he was man-sized seventh grader, like he had underarm hair at seventh grade. Like he would go like this, and you'd be like, dang, buckwheat, you know, what the heck, that's incredible. And you would sit there and look at it, and you would go... I got nothing. Like, this guy's a full-on man. So him and I became friends because, uh, which was really cool, uh, we had bonded over our hatred of cats. Um, he hated cats. I hated cats. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So we became good friends. And here was the deal with me. I was late developing, where Steve was very much ahead of the schedule developing. I was very late. I was small for my age, always was, until like my, my junior, senior year of high school. I sprouted up six feet. Um, but the, in junior high, because I was so small, um, what happens in junior high when you're tiny? The bigger kids do what? They pick on you. They bully you. They push you around. So my life in middle school was literally walking along the edges of the hallways so I wouldn't be spotted by the bigger kids that messed with me. And I can remember more times than not seeing them and either going the other way or ducking into a doorway just because I didn't want to get picked on. So when I became friends with Steve, we lived in the same apartment complex, um, one day I'm getting picked on by one of the sixth graders that was bigger than me that regularly picked on me, and he had been pushing me up against this locker, and I tried to run, um, but his buddies wouldn't let me get away. It, was tip it's like, it feels like a movie scene, right? You see this in the movies. That's me. That's happening to me. Well, just about that time, who do you think walks around the corner? Steve walks around the corner, and I see him coming, and I'm like, there is a God. You know, it was like amazing. Well, Steve comes up, and he sees what's going on, and he takes that kid, and he forearms him and runs him into the lockers across the hall, gets in his face, and says, don't mess with my friend. Like just, it was like big man voice, and then pushes him down and walks off. Now, after that happened, two things. First, that kid never messed with me again my rest of my three years of, of middle school. Never touched me again. Secondly, when I was with Steve, I walked down the middle of the hallway. <laughs> right down the center, flexing my 80 pounds of muscle. Just going, look who I'm with. Yeah, you think you're going to mess with this? Nobody messes with this. You know, I'm with Steve. That was just it. All of a sudden, I'm walking down the middle. I'm living a new life. I'm like, man, this is kind of nice. The view's pretty good from in here, you know, from the middle of the hallway. That's just what happened. Well, here's the deal. What is the gospel of peace? Jesus is with you. Every day of your life, everywhere you go, the Prince of Peace is on your side. Satan can't bully you when Jesus is with you. You don't have to run and hide from the battle. You can walk down the middle of the hallway every day because the peace of the gospel gives us peace in the midst of the battle. It reminds us that Jesus has already given up his life for you. He's already won the war. You know that? Jesus already has claimed victory. He died and paid for your sin. You are already claimed by Him. You already have victory in Him. You don't have to run and hide anymore. 
Jesus has obliterated Satan's mission to drag you to hell with him. So the peace of the gospel reminds me that the one who is fighting for me is greater than the one who is fighting against me. And I need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded that greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. That the battle for my soul has been won. I don't need to live in fear. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to be on the run. There's this incredible story in the Old Testament of the prophet Elisha and his servant. Um, They are in this town. During the night, uh, an enemy army of the Arameans came and surrounded the entire city to take out Elisha and his servant because they had been causing them problems. So they they brought their army, they surrounded this city, and um, his servant wakes up in the morning, sees the army of God, sees the army of the Arameans surrounding the city, drops a huge load in his pants because he's so scared, and he says to Elisha in 2 Kings 6, verse 15, says, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Okay, it doesn't say drops a load. That's my interpretation, the Kevin interpretation of the Bible. What shall we do, the servant asked. Because the servant is looking at the army around the city, flesh and blood, and going, this is the end. It's been a really good run, Elisha. I love you, and we've had a good, good time together. But man, this is done. There's no going away from this. They've got us surrounded. We're not getting away. There's nobody to fight for us but you and I. And I will just say this is us. We see the enemy pulled up with horses and chariots around our marriage ready to take it out. We see the enemy pulled up around our health ready to take us out. We see the army, uh, we see the, the, the enemy army pulled up ready to destroy our kids' futures. We see the enemy army pulled up ready to destroy our career by laying us off, by taking our resources. We see the army pulled up and to, to drive a wedge between us and our family, and that's us. We're like, oh Lord, what should we do? All is lost. Look at what I see. They're too strong, there's too much there. Well, Elisha answers. He says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered, because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha sees this army pulled up surrounding the city, and he's not even concerned. He's not trying to get away. He's having a cup of Starbucks, sitting with his leg up going, hey, don't be afraid. Don't sweat it. And I can think the servant is looking around going, there's no one else here. Like, Do you see what's going on? We're all alone. We're going to have to fight on our own. Verse 17, Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And Elisha prays in that moment because he knows who's for him. And he says, God, please make them blind. And God blinds the entire army. Elisha walks out to the army and says, hey, over here. Oh, can't see me? Sorry about that. Hey, over here. Uh, You're in the wrong city. Follow me, and I'll take you to the right city. And they're all blind, and so they're like, okay, we'll follow you. Elisha leads them blind right into Samaria where the Israeli army is. And then he says, God, open their eyes. See, what Elisha knew, even though his servant couldn't see it, Elisha knew that behind what's going on in the physical realm, that there is a God that loves you and loves him. There's a God that is for you, that will battle for you, that is fighting for you right now. And Elisha knew that. See, the peace of the gospel reminds us that no matter what situation we face, no matter how big the odds are stacked against us, Jesus is right there with us. We don't need to live in fear. We don't need to run for the hills. We can actually go to God because Jesus is right by our side. Jesus and his angels and chariots of fire are on the surrounding hillsides ready for war. So we can be at peace in the midst of this spiritual war because we know that greater is he who is in us than he is in the world, he that is in the world. And when you remember that, no matter how crazy and chaotic and difficult your life is in that moment, you can have peace. It's the gospel of peace. You can stand your ground. So where does the peace of the gospel come from? Jesus. 
How does it protect us? It gives us peace in the midst of the battle. Now let's talk about how do we put the shoes of peace on. How do you put them on every day? Um, I want to give you three words. They are get, give, and go. And I want to ask you to say them with me. Get, give, and go. Let's say it one more time. Get, give, and go. Get saved. Give your worries to God and go with the gospel. Get saved. Give your worries to God and go with the gospel. Let's talk about each one of those. Get saved, Romans 5.1. Paul is writing to us, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have, what's that word? Peace. All right, a little slow on the screen. We're going to do it again. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The story of the Bible is how you and I can know God and trust God and find peace in God and find peace with God through Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is just saying, look, if you want to know what God is like, if you want to know who God is, if you want to know how God loves you, look at me. And then what did Jesus do after that? Gave up his life for us because of his great love. One of the longings of your soul is peace with God. You have a God-shaped hole inside of your soul, and there is nothing, absolutely nothing on this earth that can fill that hole except for God himself. doesn't matter what you shove in there. You will always be longing. You have a longing in your soul that is God-shaped, and Jesus is saying so clear, if you want to have peace with God, if you want to be in relationship with God, that he is the way to do it. And peace with God, through Jesus, paves the way to having peace with ourselves. Think about being at peace with yourself and who you are and where you're at. Jesus is the pathway to peace with ourselves. Jesus is the pathway to peace with other people. And Jesus is the pathway to us having peace with God. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to give some of you the opportunity to invite the Prince of Peace into your life. And you can get saved. But secondly, I want to talk about giving your worries to God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, if you've never memorized a verse in the Bible, I would find this, I would write it down, and I would memorize this verse because it will come to you at just the right times. But it says this, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, right? And I know you're hearing that and going, (laughs) yeah, really? Really? In this day and age, with all that's going on right now, with the layoffs, with the coronavirus stuff, with the election that just happened, with my kid's school, with with my unknown future, really, Paul, don't be anxious about anything? Well, he doesn't just leave you there and say, eh, quit your worrying. He actually says, no, there's something you can do. He says in every situation that you find yourself in, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I love this because he's saying, look, There's a place to go with all your worries and concerns and the battle that you're seeing in the physical realm. There's a place to go. He's saying with prayer, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And there's there's just a phrase here I want to say to you that I heard probably a decade ago that has stuck with me ever since. I've never forgotten it. I was sitting, there's some some guy that was teaching a a small seminar that I was in with a couple other leaders, um, and he just said this. He said, healthy people ask for what they want. Healthy people ask for what they want. Because we look at this and we're like, oh, I've had people tell me, I don't want to bother God. I don't want to bother him with my small stuff. I don't want to bother him. God's busy with big stuff. He's not busy with my stuff. No, you know what healthy people do? They ask for what they want. And your heavenly Father wants you to ask for what you want. That's what Paul is saying. Don't worry about anything. Put in everything. Prayer and petition. Take that to God. Tell him what you want. You want peace? Ask him for peace. You want help? Ask him for help. And then what does he say? When you do that, verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, where people will go, how are you at peace right now? Well, guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, notice this scripture is so clear. It doesn't say, take your worries to Jesus and he will fix them all. Take your worries to Jesus and you will never worry again. That's not offered in the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says, hey, if you, if you give your life to Jesus, everything will go right in your life. You'll have puppies and rainbows the rest of your life. Everything you ask for, you'll get, and your whole life will be great. That is not promised in the Bible. In fact, the verse we read earlier, God actually says, no, in this world, Jesus is saying, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to struggle. But what does this verse offer? What does this verse promise? What we all long for, peace. 
just as the peace of God, no one will understand it but you will, tra- will, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when the worries and concerns of your life pull up their horses and chariots and surround your city, pray. Give your worries and fears to God and receive His peace. The life of the Christian follower of Jesus is a life of putting on the shoes of peace every day and living from victory and not defeat. It's every day walking down the center of the hallway because Jesus is with you, not living in fear. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So get saved. Give all your worries to God and he'll give you peace. And lastly, go out with the gospel. Take the gospel of peace to your friends and your neighbors and people around you that need peace as well. And it's like I, it, it, it's like I just want, I want to say, these shoes are made for walking. Like, I want to sing the song so bad. I'm not going to do it. But these shoes are made for walking. These shoes that you've been given, the gospel of peace, are not made for you to just stand. They're made for you to take the gospel to places where it's not right now and shine light in the darkness and give other people the opportunity to learn how to stand their ground and fight spiritually and know what's coming so that they can too have the peace that passes all understanding. We've got to take it to out into the, the places where God is not currently have, where God ter- currently doesn't have territory. We need to take the gospel there, everywhere we go. Let's pray. Um, God, I thank you that you don't hide reality from us. I thank you that you want to equip us and give us everything we need to win the battles that we face every day. And so right now, with every eye closed and head bowed, if you are ready, I want to talk to those of you that are ready to invite the Prince of Peace into your life right now. Because I know there may be maybe somebody out there right now that you're just going, okay, today's my day. I want the peace that passes all understanding. I want the Prince of Peace in my life and in my heart. I want to invite you to pray with me. And you can make my words yours in this holy moment where you surrender your life to Jesus. And so make my words yours, same from your heart to God's, and just say, God, today I want to be at peace with you. And right now I invite Jesus into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross to pay for my sins and rose again three days later. Please forgive me for my sin. Help me to put on the shoes of peace so that I can stand my ground against the enemy. Today, I surrender to you. And Father, for the rest of us, I pray that daily we will give our worries to you and exchange them for peace that passes all understanding. Lord, you don't promise to fix all our problems and make everything go our way so we never struggle. You promise to give us peace in the midst of that struggle. So Lord, as Satan comes against us to make us afraid, to confuse us, to distract us, to lie to us, I pray that no matter our circumstances, we would experience your peace knowing who the real is, enemy is. and that we would regularly pray and ask your heavenly army to do battle on our behalf. In your holy name, amen. Would you stand as we worship this morning?
knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness still is my confidence you've never failed me yet you never failed me yet I know the night won't last your word will come sing your praise again Jesus you're still enough keep me within your love oh, my heart will sing your praise Your 
I love about that last song and just the Bible in general is it's just story after story after story of people like you and me who faced insurmountable odds and God showed up in miraculous ways. They were somehow able to look at their very flesh and blood opponent, yet see that God had already had the victory and that God was with them and God was on their side. And I pray that this week you will put on the shoes of the peace of the gospel, walking down the center of the hallway of your life with no fear because Jesus is with you every step of every day. And I hope you live in that this week. As you are headed out, we have four families left to adopt, and I would love to encourage you to pick up a family on the way out. Everything in that packet is what you need to bless them with a Thanksgiving meal. And um, as we dismiss, we're going to dismiss from the back forwards like a wedding, so please be a little bit patient. And uh, I hope to see you back here next week for week four of Battle Ready. Take care. <laughs>